Hello and welcome to Learning in Lockdown, Pearson's podcast on all things learning post-16 in our current lockdown situation. My name is Chris Briggs and I am the Sector Manager for Post-16 English and Maths here in Pearson. And with me today, I have Alex Lindsay, who is the Director of English and Maths at North Warwickshire and Le South Leicestershire College. How are you today, Alex? Well done, by the way, for getting that right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Helpful when you read it in one big long. Yeah, I, I, I was, I was worried about that all the time. <laughs> no, I'm very well, thank you. Uh, you know, I, I'm happily working from home today. Oh, that is good. That is good. <laughs> So I'm, I'm very happy to have you with us uh, today so we can talk about English and maths, an area of expertise, hopefully for me as well as you. Um, what I just want to sort of do is look at the college's sort of response to the current situation. Um, and how do you feel your college is progressing with its English and maths provision at this moment? Okay, so um, one of the things that we did, if I can give it some context, uh, is that when we brought the learners back in at the start of this academic year, we did it over quite a phased, extended process. So we brought them all in for their induction and made sure that they could access the, the online facilities that we were going to be offering because we knew that they would have to be able to use them. And so um, what we did was we had a, a series of delivery models that we worked through. So our first delivery yeah. model was all English and maths was online. So we made sure that learners could be engaged online with their English and maths, you know, before actually they, they, we had them in for face to face. So it meant that, you know, for us as a team, while that was a big challenge when we could have had them all on site, it meant that we were prepared for the eventuality that we all knew was a, you know, very, very likely to happen of learners being off site, particularly with bubbles bursting and things like that. So we had a, a delivery model where they came in one day a week for vocational and then the rest of their timetable was online. And then we gradually introduced more face to face up until okay. we had everybody in uh, just before the, uh, the end of the, the, the second at the second lockdown, we had everybody in. And then gradually, you know, we reduced back down again. And so we were prepared for the eventuality of going into this next lockdown. So I'm not saying it hasn't been a big challenge, but because we were proactive about that delivery model, and it, it meant that the learners were much more prepared to flip from face-to-face -face into remote delivery. So we're, we're reaping the benefits of that now, that, pre that preparation time that we put in at the beginning of the academic year. Excellent, excellent. That is really good to hear. It's a very different approach to some colleges. Um, and do you feel that your learners are actually engaging um, with the sort of online sort of teaching and learning now more so than maybe with the face-to-face -face you were putting on? Yeah, yes. In, in, in short, yes. However, I don't, what I don't want to shy away from is how big a challenge it, it is and it will carry on being, uh, particularly as there's a, a lot of learners, you know, really struggle uh, with um, the, uh, the online aspects of their learning. But some learners actually prefer it as well so it's a it's a it's a it's a question of balancing act and, and working out what is right for the particular set of learners so for example our adult learners um we had on face to face so we've got issues now making sure that they they continue being engaged because a lot of them are in a, a lot of the sort of vulnerable uh, categories so it's been able to support yeah. them via the online like we could do when they were in face to face but for the uh, 16 to 18 study program learners, 
you know, I would say the vast majority prefer the online delivery method and they are engaging very well. I mean, it's not as good as, you know, two years ago before coronavirus even existed. However, you know, we feel, you know, we are we're working really well with the learners and keeping them engaged. And we're, we're actually getting a lot of really good um, assessments and uh, a lot of skills development from them. So um, I know it's not uh, functional skills, which is kind of the thing I, you know, um, we interact with Pearson about, but uh, we had our GCSE results today, like yeah. at the college. And uh, I know uh, they, they, uh, they lowered the grade boundary, but however, they are still, you know, uh, excellent results, which is we delivered all those additional sessions online rather than not face-to-face. -face. So therefore, that just shows you the impact that you can have if you prepare for the online delivery properly. That, that, that is a, a sort of an amazing sort of response, I think. And I, I do feel that the GCSE results show that that is possibly, you know, potentially a way forward in the future um, for some learners. I'm, I'm not saying um, everybody will be face-to-face -face moving forward or go back to face-to-face -face or everybody will be on, online. But the fact that learners are still able to engage with an online session. Um, do you use Zoom sessions with them a lot or team sessions, shall we say? It's, uh, it's all teams. It's all teams. We, it's we all don't teams. Use, yeah, we don't use Zoom in the college because uh, there were some uh, security issues and, you know, and and so well, Microsoft, you know, obviously recommend their own product, which is oh, okay. Teams. So, so, uh, so, so we, yeah, use, you, we, we use Teams. And do you... Do the learners sort of engage with that well? Do they keep their cameras on? Um, right, my... so, uh, Go on. Yeah, so that, that's a really good point to start with is, uh, you know, cameras switched on or cameras switched off. Uh, it is, at first, they only want to keep their cameras switched off. But so, but we, we like to have the cameras switched on so we can see, you know, from a teaching point of view, that they're actually engaging with the lesson that they are being taught, that we know that they're doing it in an appropriate location and that they can actually, you know, we can see through the uh, looking that, you know, that they are making the progress like you would do. Those uh, nonverbal communication signals are still there. So yeah. you can actually see them. A lot of learners, though, are quite shy at first because if you, if, particularly for English and maths, because the way English and maths has been timetabled and normally is that you bring learners in, uh, you know, from different vocational areas into a, you know, a viable sized group. However, yeah. because of bubbles, you know, we haven't been able to do it in the same way. So it's a case of, but we, we have brought them in from different levels of the same vocational area. So sometimes they're a bit nervous and, and it's easier to make those relationships, I find, because I'm quite old school, you know, face to face rather yeah. than, <laughs> over over you know the uh, the teams uh, but I, you know it's this is something that you, we you just work through it's, you've got to persevere with you've got to be show them the benefits of actually uh, of engaging in the lesson in in the full way that they would do in a normal lesson and you know some of our teachers are they're, they're you know I've watched them doing this is they're delivering absolutely fantastic lessons lessons I'd have loved to be part of when I was learning. However, for me, you know, I'm, I'm probably going to be old school forever because I love the, uh, the interaction in the class and the banter, but you can't have that right now. You can't be wandering around it's, doing that right now. It, it is it's such a difficult sort of situation. Um, for even within my role, um, I do a lot of sort of presenting to teachers. Um, 
and trying to get teachers to actually turn their cameras on. There's a level of hypocrisy. I'm hoping when I start doing my events later in this year, the teacher will be like, going, okay, I've, have to, I've made people put their cameras on. They will engage with that um, and do that as well. But it does miss something somewhat. Um, do you think your learners benefited from that little bit of face-to-face -face interaction with their tutors to sort of set the scene? Yeah, because I think, I think the, the, where there were gaps in relationship building between the learner and the tutor, those gaps were, uh, were able to be bridged. So that meant that the tutor now has a, a much more uh, secure relationship and the, the trust that normally build up quite quickly, but it took a longer time over teams to build yeah. up. That trust could be emphasized and could be narrowed. So, and I, I think that's really important, particularly with English and maths, is building those levels of trust because a lot of people have a lot of barriers, a lot of previous experiences that were quite negative about English and maths. And it's about overcoming those, uh, you know, and that, that, that's one of the reasons why I'm such an advocate for English and maths is because they are without doubt that those the two skills that students will so help them with whatever they choose to do in the future. Even if they're not successful with an achievement, it really helps build their confidence. It helps, to, helps to them to build relationships. And uh, I think there's even something on your website somewhere about how it helps them to increase their earning capabilities later in life as well. Yeah, I think, I think it's all important. I think it is. Um, do you find that the learners are attending as well now um, in terms of the team sort of lessons as they would face to face? Do you have any attendance issues you're willing to discuss? Yeah, yeah. OK, so I would say that so attendance improved when we went to face to face. Yeah. But attendance has again improved, flipping back into remote. You know, it's because those relationships got it's, built. It comes back to that again. So the, the the key, I think, even looking at this as a moving forward from a teaching English and maths perspective, is the face to face rapport is key. But once that's there, you can start to it sort of investigate other ways of sort of delivery moving forward. So there is almost the ability to look at a mixed economy within English and maths where there is some online and some face-to-face -face in the future, possibly after COVID-19. So that, yeah, that's good. No, that's I, good. I, agree. I agree entirely. Yeah, I think that's the, the way to go. I don't think we can turn the page back. We can turn the page forward, but we can't turn the page back. It's not perfect as it is now. But I think we can make it so that it is better for the learners and, you know, put the learners at the centre of what we do yeah. in the future. That's good. Um, so what advice would you share with others about, you know, what you've learned? So we, we know about the report. We've discussed the report. What other advice would you give to teachers, to sort of people in your position within a college about English and maths? If you could sort of boil it down into one or two top tips, what would you say? Oh, <laughs> That's going to be hard. That's yeah. going to be hard. I, I like to talk, and I, you know, uh, so uh, my top tips would be uh, make sure you, the lines of communication between the management and the, the the teachers are there. So make sure that you are communicating as much as you can to them, so that they know everything that's happening and they can react in a timely manner. So, for example, we are one of the things that we we're doing as a college that we learned from last year is we've got something called assessment boards. So, uh, uh, you know, so for us, we are gonna do assessment boards each, each month from now onwards. And those assessment boards are gonna really help to underpin making sure that each learner is ready and, you know, and 
is ready and the tutor is ready to be able to achieve to their their potential whatever happens so for example we're going to have an assessment board in january and that's going to be checking the starts checking um uh, registrations checking you know uh you know the learners that you know should be getting concessions or you know uh, you know have a vulnerability to make sure that we're they're, they're getting properly monitored and uh, being given access to the same levels of assessment production as the other learners and it's you know so we're, what we're doing is we're, we're putting that line in the sand that we learned last year that you know that the, the awarding bodies and of course wanted at the end of the year we're putting that line in the sand now so we're making sure that we've got the right steps in place particularly around standardization particularly around external moderation particularly around understand what the different awarding bodies want from us as uh, you know fe colleges so we can start to then track that each month all the way up until the end of the academic year and and for some i appreciate it will go on into the summer because of the vocational skills development yeah. that is missing uh, but we're we're going to make sure that we have got in place you know the right people so that all those meetings are going to be chaired by the uh, our vice principal for quality and it's going to have a quality manager there the director for uh, cis is going to be there director for uh, whichever vocational area it is uh, me probably because most areas do English and maths. We're going to have yeah. a bespoke one for English and maths as well. So it's a, you know. So for me, what I'd say is, if you get the plan in place nice and early, and you start and you break it down into steps and stages, and you share that with with the the wider college team, it means that you are much more prepared when the the different changes come out from the Department of Education and from Ofqual. So it's about preparing yourself. So if you plan properly. And I'm a really strong believer in making sure the data is right behind everything. Then the teachers can do their job properly. The quality managers can assess the quality of what is being produced properly. And you guys, the awarding bodies, will be satisfied that you know that the evidence is at the required standard. I, I would say uh, on that that it's it's almost like creating the perfect scenario where everything should be because there is nothing that you've just stated that you wouldn't think is or should be in place already but it's just putting more emphasis on making sure it's right in case it's needed usually it's something from my own experience in teaching uh, managing it's something that is done and we put it to one side and we don't really need to look at it, but we, we put it and we do it. And so now, because there is that fundamental need to potentially look at it again, um, much more value is being put to it. Um, and there's a lot of feedback coming from all types of providers about how they have developed their, what's the word? The, the way that they uh, monitor learning taking place and making sure that they have the best sort of, position for, for their learners I think okay yeah so what, one, of, one of the things crucial for me from a, a functional skills English and maths point of view is making sure that the learners are registered at the right level <laughs> because that that is fundamentally important now what, what we do is you know um, is you know we we assess them in the, you know that very quickly at the start of the academic year and assign that level but it's making sure that they you know if they've progressed past that level it's it's reflecting the fact that you know we're not we you know yeah. we're, we're actually making sure that they're going to achieve their their maximum that they can achieve that they've demonstrated they should be working towards and achieving yeah now that so, is important 
Yeah. yeah, particularly in that, you know, they're in, they're out of college, they're back in college, they're out of college. There is that, that you know, those, those things around being on top of your data and managing your data the way that you would like to, you know, can be a bit more problematic. Yeah, it, it, I completely agree as well, because you are going to have learners whose skills are going to develop quicker and you're going to have learners who will not develop at all potentially in sort of a lockdown situation, depending on sort of their levels of motivation. Um, and, you know, for the best will in the world, not every single post-16 learner is highly motivated to do maths and English. So, you know, we have to we have to work with that. And I, th I think that is very important to keep a handle on that. Um, so my final question is, um, as an awarding organisation, what do you think Pearson can do to help? So, uh, so I've talked to my colleagues about this, uh, and we talk, you know, obviously in general terms. And what we feel that we would like is, is we want, would like quick, quick decisions. And I know that's beyond your control in a lot of ways. Yeah, uh, quick decisions and a really clear timeline between when you know when you've made the decisions, a timeline that is stepped with you know when registrations have to be completed by, when uh, you know the different kinds of assessments. Uh, you know, categories, you know, that you will want us to report against when when we have to upload that data to the to your your portal. Yeah. Uh, you know, and also one of the crucial things that I, I think is because I, I genuinely like preferred the Pearson functional skills approach last last year to CAD grades than I did to uh, the uh, GCSE approach to CAD grades. I felt the Pearson functional skills approach was much more robust and you actually have to have you know, much more solid evidence in order to, you know, to qualify for that specific uh, level of award than you did for a GCSE. And I, I really like that. So what my plea would be is for those different categories of evidence that were required, if we could get some nationalised, you know, level set and standardisation events via Pearson to make sure that we're all, you know, assessing around the same level of quality so that a level two is worth a level two whichever part of the country you're in or level one is worth the same, you know, and, and downwards. That, that for me would be crucial. Okay. I can't comment on where functional skills is going at the moment, as you're obviously aware, because um, things do change. But the one thing I would say is that we are working at this moment in time on a standardization piece, specifically looking at level one, level two writing for functional skills, because we feel that is probably where the least amount of consistency um, sort of comes across. It's, it's, I, I used to work as an examiner before um, I, I worked for Pearson in this role. And actually marking papers is not as easy as people would think people you know your average person on the street thinks okay he teaches english he can mark an english paper it's not as easy as that so we have been putting something together i've been working with the chair of examiners to to look at examples of um, learner work that would pass wouldn't pass and would nearly pass so that a center can basically say okay we've got this now Pearson has given us this, they've provided feedback, and this is hopefully what we can do to sort of standardize around it. Not that dissimilar to our Oscar process for the level one, level two speaking and listening. Um, the aim of this wasn't because we felt that something was going to happen. It was just something that was fed back to us quite consistently 
um, over the summer, but also entirely with the reform of functional skills and the change in standards, people are saying, so, you know, if a learner did this on the legacy, would they pass on the reform? And, you know, we've had the time, now we've got assessments that have been completed. We've got the actual time to look at real live learner work that's been marked and actually produce something. Um, so I will open up and say, I have seen the first draft of that. Um, and hopefully we can sort of move forward and get that released shortly. And it will be of benefit, not just in case of any scenario moving forward, but just generally in terms of teaching and learning. Um, and personally as well, I'd like it to sort of be rolled out into vocational areas where somebody who's teaching a functional skills learner on the vocational area can start to look at their written work and support in line with what they would expect to happen in the actual functional skills. So, yeah, that'd be really good. That would yeah. be really good. So I'm glad you asked that question. And I'm glad I had an answer to that question, I think, as well in there. Um, okay, Alex, thank you very much for your time today. It has been an absolute pleasure talking to you. Uh, and I look forward to continuing to work with you in the future. Thank you very much. Thank you.